Good morning and welcome to Heartlands and Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And yes, Easter week is upon us. Holy week is upon us. Passion week, whichever phrase that you like, is upon us. And this has to be the highlight of our Christian calendar. As we consider that journey of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, to Jerusalem as he heads to his certain death that he knew that he was going to face. And he rides into Jerusalem as the king of Israel. This is the beginning for us today on Palm Sunday. And so I welcome you to come and join with us as we have this time focusing on who the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is. When I consider Palm Sunday, it is something that excites me in great detail because I think of that first triumphal entry into Jerusalem and how the streets were lined with people and they were putting clothes down in front of the donkey in which he rode and they were tearing off branches from the palm trees and waving them and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna to the king of kings. And they were excited and enthusiastic about here was their king. Now, they may have been there for various different reasons and with various different understandings of what it was that Jesus Christ as Messiah meant. But the point is this, that they were welcoming him. And I love to try and just get that sense of occasion in the midst of all of that, as those branches were being waved, as those coats were being put on the ground, there on the donkey sat our Saviour knowing what was before him, even though the crowds that lined the road didn't, had no understanding, no grasp, no clue of what it was that Christ was facing. And so today I'm looking at the scripture in Luke in chapter 9, verse 51, that goes and says that Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem for the time was at hand it's almost like the noise of the crowd was just waved out in silence as he was focused on his destination focused on what it was that he was going to accomplish on behalf of all humanity and even as we consider that that gives us Reason to rejoice and be glad. All glory, Lord, and honor. Let us praise God this day. We're reading from Psalms 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. 
Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish, and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors, and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery, for I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame, and be silent in the realm of the dead. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence you hide them from all human intrigues. You keep them safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him. But the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And folks, there we are. And the streets are lined with the crowd waving. Coats being thrown on the ground. And as I said, Jesus was there, sat on the donkey. And it's almost like everything just goes into slow motion. The noise of the crowd is just blocked out as he sets his face towards Jerusalem and what lay ahead. Ride on, ride on in majesty. Hark, all the tribes, Hosanna cry. O Saviour meek, pursue thy road. With palms and scattered garments strode. When we look at Psalm 31, which is Psalm of David, David is crying out to the Lord for deliverance. But also we can look at this in regard to Jesus being in the Garden of Gethsemane. And when he was praying and crying out to God at that time. And so when we look at verse 9, we read, Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak because of all my enemies. I am the utter contempt of my neighbours and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. 
for I hear many whisper terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. And you can sense the anguish that the psalmist speaks of here. But you can sense that too when we know that Jesus was in the garden praying and that he was sweating drops of blood and that he was in agony. And it came to a point that as he'd finished praying that the angels came and strengthened him for the journey that was ahead. Did Jesus Christ not hear those Pharisees and Sadducees going and plotting how it was that they could kill him? Of course he did. Did he not know that Judas was going to betray him? Of course he did. As they had that last supper together, did he not turn around to him and say, go and do what it is that you have to do? Did he not know that his life was going to be emptied out? Is a sin offering for you and me? Of course he did. Don't think that it was just the Jews that were the ones to blame for his crucifixion. Don't think it was just the Romans that were to blame for his crucifixion. So were you. So were I. And he goes and he says that his friends, he became a source of dread to them. And isn't that what it did? They all scattered. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Even Mark was the one who went and fled, leaving his cloak behind him, ran away naked to escape from being caught. And here's Christ all alone. Oh yes, yes, the streets were filled with the crowd singing and praising God. Rejoicing in who Jesus Christ was, the King of Kings, the Son of David, Hosanna, the Lord saves. And yes, yet this was a journey he was taking alone. A baptism, he called it. Let us stop and think. Think of the journey it was for Christ in the midst of that crowd that were praising, singing and giving glory to his name. Let us consider the prayers of his heart when he was in Gethsemane, when he was pleading to have the strength to go through what it was that was before him because of his love for you, because of his love for me, because of his love for us. Make way, make way for Christ the King in splendor arrives. Fling wide the gates and welcome him in to your lives. Can you imagine people lining the streets and they're singing songs like that? He comes the broken hearts to heal, the prisoners to set free. The deaf shall hear, the lame shall dance, the blind shall see. Taken from Isaiah and 61. But now, 
we'll focus our attention on a different passage from Isaiah. This is Chris reading to us from Isaiah chapter 50, reading verses 4 to 9. Our reading is from Isaiah 50, verses 4 to 9. The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. The sovereign Lord has opened my ears, and I have not been rebellious. I have not drawn back. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will then bring charges against me? Let us face each other. Who is my accuser? Let him confront me. It is the sovereign Lord who helps me. Who is he who will condemn me? They will all wear out like a garment. The moths will eat them up. Amen. When we consider the Lord Jesus Christ riding into Jerusalem, setting his face towards Jerusalem. And we look at this passage in Isaiah 50. As I said, it gives us a very different picture from the lyrics that were in the song of Isaiah 61. I have offered my back to those who beat me, my cheek to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. Is it any wonder that the Lord Jesus set his face like flint, knowing what it was that he was going to suffer on your behalf and mine? Because, after all, it was well and truly predicted in the pages of scripture and as we know after the resurrection when he was walking with the two disciples on the Emmaus road it goes and says that he showed them from Moses and the prophets what the scripture said concerning him oh that road into Jerusalem for the Lord Jesus Christ even though the streets were lined with crowds singing and praising him was a lonely road because of the destiny he had to fulfill for you and me welcome back to heartlands here in midlands 103 with me the reverend nigel gill and we have looked at various scriptures and been listening to songs in regard to that celebration of the triumphal entry into jerusalem but the person that we have been focused on is actually the one who is riding the donkey who is Jesus Christ himself, our Lord and Saviour. And so, normally as a person, I am one who is caught up in the excitement and the enthusiasm of the crowd. But today we are looking specifically at Christ. So even though the crowd is singing and tearing down branches off trees and waving them and throwing their coats on the ground 
in front of him. And as he rides into Jerusalem, as we saw in Luke's Gospel and chapter 9, it goes and says that he set his face towards Jerusalem. And in these last few minutes, I would like to go and look at the account that is written in John's Gospel. We've discussed in Isaiah 50 how it is that the Lord has actually gone and made himself available to take the beating for us, to take the death that he went and suffered for us. In Psalm 31 we see the anguish and the cry of prayer as David goes and shares of his situation but the thing is that we can look at it from a messianic viewpoint as a messianic psalm and related to where Jesus is praying in the garden of Gethsemane and agonizing over the faith that is before him because we the people of this earth the enemies of God were going to take him and beat him and mock him and jeer him and drag him through the streets place a crown of thorns on his head whip him and crucify him and still even there sneer him and laugh at him and make fun of him and so that's why we see Christ setting his face towards Jerusalem. In Luke's gospel, though, he's a long way out. In John's gospel, we actually have him after the triumphal entry. But I'm going to read from the triumphal entry in John chapter 12 and verse 12. The next day the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and they took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now, crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. And many people, because they had heard that he performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus, and Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it 
for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that were there had heard it, said it had thunders. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And he said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. I think it's very interesting that in this passage of scripture, which is a follow-on of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Jesus comes to a point where his soul is troubled. But he goes and he asks this question, And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this very reason I came to this hour. How often in our prayer lives is that we cry out, Father, save me from this. Deliver me from this situation. Take this situation away from me. But Jesus, knowing that he was going to the cross, knowing that he was going to die, and that's why he explained the story as a kernel of wheat falling into the ground and dying, goes and expects you and me, his servant, to be right there with him. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. There is the challenge that as we look at how Jesus Christ went and suffered and died on our behalf, the Apostle Paul goes and says in the book of Philippines that he wants to know Christ and his suffering. Do you really want to know just how much Christ suffered for you. The answer to that is that if you do and you follow him, you will discover it. Because Jesus again goes and tells us, do not be surprised if the world hates you because they hated me. Oh yes, yes, all the people were there lining the streets. They'd heard the great news, the sign as it says here in John's Gospel of Lazarus being raised from the dead. They gathered to see him. They wanted to meet him. The Pharisees even said, Look how the whole world has gone after him. We're getting nowhere with this. Let me ask you a question. Let me challenge you with this last thought. Are you one of the people who has gone after him? Or do you stand with the Pharisees today? My prayer for myself is that when I come into situations that seem difficult as I walk with God, that my prayer, just like Jesus' prayer, will be this. What shall I say? 
Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this very reason I came to this hour. Will you say the same? Folks, with that, let me just leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Show your grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.